What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, Rad Rob here. I wanted to introduce to you our new sponsor, Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel Company was born out of necessity, out of 2020 and the aftermath. The year of 2020 became a reminder that every minute counts, even the hard ones. And Reaper Apparel Company was built for those who refuse to die slowly. Reaper isn't just clothing, it's a lifestyle. A reminder to escape the mundane. A reminder to get you out of your comfort zone and live life. They were built to enjoy the time that they have here on this planet. Reaper Apparel Company has many different styles of hats, shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, all with a unique logo and unique designs. And if you want to check them out, go to reaperapparelco.com. That's R-E-A-P-E-R-A-P-P-A-R-E-L-C-O.com. And if you use the promo code RADROB when you check out, you'll get 10% off every single purchase. So again, go to reaperapparelco.com. Use the promo code RADROB to get 10% off at checkout. We'd like to thank Reaper Apparel Company for supporting the Rab Rob Radio Network. The following podcast is brought to you exclusively by the Rad Rob Radio Network. Welcome to Straight Up Five with Johnny Petraglia Jr. A hard-hitting, in-depth, cutting-edge look into the world of bowling. This podcast will not only cover all things bowling, but will also give you a raw look into real-life issues. You'll get unfettered access into the mind of one of the most gifted bowlers of this or any other generation. So without further ado, let's introduce you to the hosts of the show. Rad Rob, Rob Francois. Rad Rob, Rob Francois. Dr. Ocho. Dr. Ocho. And the incomparable Johnny Petraglia Jr. Johnny Petraglia Jr. Hey guys, welcome back to Straight Up 5 with Johnny Petraglia Jr. I am your host, Rad Rob, Rob Francois. Joined as always by my co-host, he is the man with the shiniest mask in bowling. He uses the big red wiffle bat on a weekly basis. He is also the resident doctor of RTW. And is the one and only, everybody's favorite, Dr. Ocho. Good evening, sir. You know, why am I not in the picture with you? I'm in pictures with Johnny. I'm in pictures with me, obviously, and Parker, because, you know, I'm uh, clearly uh, a big deal. But yet, 
Oh, oh, I'm oh, not the host also. Like, why is it not also saying the straight up five with just the Dr. Ocho and guests? Put, put up the guns for a second. Oh, uh, no, no, that's the about no, 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 no. Bears here. He wants he wants you to flex. Come on. Don't worry. You leave. You, you don't talk to him that way. He's my friend. He only in Facebook terms. That's that's true. That's fair. Uh, so what, 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 thrown on you when he was drunk. So screw you. What was your question again? There was no question. Let's go. Let's start the show, man. Hurry up. Also oh joining God, us. Like losing to Marvin? Oh, my God. It is like losing to Marvin. That's what this show is like. Losing to Marvin. I don't know what that means. That means, it, well, Chris Mancia knows what it means. Also He's joining us is, will you shut also, the fuck the up and let me get uh, to Johnny? Mancia's got top golf. You tell me to move on, and then you keep interrupting me. Hurry up. Quit with this dilly-dallying. <sighs> go Indians. Also joining us, guardians, you dickhead. Uh, they ain't guarding shit. Anyway, joining us is the third man of the team, but he is the man who runs this bitch. He is the sexiest man in the world. He was voted by the producers of Straight Up Five as the best bowler on this show. He is the one and only, straight out of Vegas, Mister Johnny Petraglia Jr. Good evening, sir. Good to see you guys as always. Always a pleasure being here and very much looking forward to tonight's episode. And uh, that was a fantastic banter. And I agree with Chris Mansilla. It is like losing to Marvin. I wish somebody would explain to me what the hell that means. But uh, well, you'd, have to, you'd have to meet Marvin on your stand. Oh. Next week. You know, how, you, know how Ocho, you know how Ocho knows everything? Like, you ask him a question and he has the answer. Marvin, like, can fix can, and do anything. Okay. It's kind of obnoxious, and then he's like really talented in everything. You don't really understand how or why he just is. So well, you don't understand because he can't time. speak it either. That's the other thing. Correct. So even when he tries to explain, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of hard. To, it's kind of hard to listen to him. Yeah, but Larry hey, Stella, Larry, welcome as well, bud. Uh, Bear says, "Poor Marvin." Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, we were supposed to have two guests tonight, but only one is here now. And I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna judge anybody. I'm sure George we're not ruling anything out yet. I'm sure George has a lot to do tonight. I mean, he's a, he's a busy guy. But first off, our first special guest. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry, Kevin. Hang on. This is this is very important. Keegan Tasker says, "Hey, I've already got two bronze medals at Special Olympics National Games here in Tasmania. About to start the teen squad in 15 minutes. Congratulations, Keegan. That's awesome." Well, Key, congratulations, and uh, here's from all of us on Straight Up 5, wishing you best of luck and Team Squad in 15 minutes. Go get him, dude. All right. Our special guest, he is uh, a very good left-handed bowler. Better than, than, than us, actually. Well, I mean, Ocho's right-handed, but he's still probably better than him anyway. I, I, I can bowl lefty better than most, so <laughs> don't worry. He has 20 junior titles. His high series is 868. I couldn't do that in 70 games. He has 19 300s and 9 800s. That's your cholesterol, Rob. He has one CUTBA title. Uh, and he's, uh, God damn it, I can't read your writing, Johnny. I'm supposed to fucking Sorry, give this guy his props. On. Wasn't it a text it. message? How can you not read it? Because oh, he drew I'll it on it. paper, because he's fucking lazy. Stop it. Stop it. Colorado, Utah, so Nevada really, Tournament Bowling Association. Is that really a thing? That's what a CUT is. That's what a CUT You can't read that? No, not really. He thought it said see you next Tuesday. Oh, no. No, he didn't say that. Oh, and then he. Oh, there he is. Okay, joining us now is. 
the one and only Kevin Beers. Good evening, Kevin. Thanks for waiting, buddy. Great What's going on, guys? Ever. Good to have you here. Uh, I hope I give you. Well, it really wasn't a proper opening. I suck at this. So uh, yes, yeah. Yes. But welcome okay. to the show. It's good to have you here. Thanks for having don't, me. Don't worry, Sebo. It's just crystal light. I promise. <laughs> and Ocho is now outnumbered by lefties three to one. How about that? Fight. Finally, that's true. perfect. It, no, that's true. George does make it, which I hope everything is okay. We've really got Ocho outnumbered tonight. Michael Mar- uh, Marciano. Marcia- I brought my Marciano? buddies with me. Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Um, Kilo Labs, baby. Kilo Labs. <laughs> Johnny. Yes, sir. Where did you meet Kevin, and how long have you known him? You know, that's a great question. I don't actually know when I officially uh-huh. met you, Kev. Do you know when Last we week? met officially? Was it out here in Vegas, or did we cross? No, it's got to be back in Jersey. It was supposed to be a tough question. <laughs> it, was supposed to be, it was a layup. It was, really. I mean... Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a tough question, but we, we definitely, um, well, certainly for the entire time that we've been out here in Vegas, I want to say you moved here sh- not too long after I moved here. How long have you been out here now? Uh, eight years. Yeah, it's been just over 10 for me. So certainly I've me. been, you know, closer friends over these this past decade. Prior to that, I'm sure we crossed paths at some tournaments back home. Oh, but um, absolutely. yeah, the, the majority of, of our friendship actually has been out here uh while I was still working in pro shops, um, I drilled some of Kevin's equipment, screwed around with some, you know, different grips and all that. And uh, home run Bader! Oh, that's right, that's right, the game. Um, but uh, long story short, I I kind of wanted him and George on the show because not only you know, I mean, lefties always stick together, but we're all kind of different lefties. We don't, uh, we're not traditional left-handers. We all really, really hate doing what a regular lefty does. And uh, in lieu of what happened this last weekend at uh, the 777 tournament out here, I found myself being even more curious about kind of the thoughts and processes and little quirks and triggers that fellow lefties that like to do the same shit that I do bring to the table also. So I figured it would make for a good interactive show tonight. How you doing, John? Good to see you, bro. Hey, what do you mean and- by whatever what lefties normally do? Do you mean straight up five kind of thing? Like... Like like Rob, yeah, like, Rob, like, like, Rob, like me, like Rob. Rob. Bowling alley, he gets to Popeyes first. Come on, oh, Jesus Christ! Dude. Seriously, dude, already you're already going with the fat jokes. Lefties that I say, lefties that prefer to see the lane right to left Correct. rather than at the pins. Correct. Go you know, Indians, unless unless we're forced to and have to. And so that was like kind of my my basis behind wanting to select these guys. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Roger. Roger says, thank you. Uh, he says, John Sparone oh, uh, is a lefty. Sparone. I just re- <laughs> a lefty that doesn't do what Johnny does. That's uh, that's pretty hilarious. So, um, Johnny, you said you had a very surreal moment, probably the most surreal moment or night in your your bowling career. Uh, Monday night, I, I'm assuming it's. Uh, do you want it to uh, Saturday? It was a Saturday. Okay, was that that was your uh, your amazing. Performance, correct? Yeah, it was. Um, this was a one-off too. This is twenty style. This ain't just you rolling in on league and doing your thing, right? This is like no. This was a uh, uh, seven games entry fee, moving pairs every game, couple <coughs> eighty-one entries, a uh, couple PBA pros were there bowling, and uh, how many people in wheelchairs? None. None at this event. Uh, none at this event. <laughs> I mean, just hold on, hold on, time out, time out, time out. Uh, Ocho, no spoilers. Dave Peacock's on, on time delay. 
I think Peacock can push fast forward. <laughs> this is horse shit. You're watching a live show. You're getting live updates, buddy. <laughs> that's that's nice. Steph, Stephanie's in the house. John made me cry Monday night with all that business. And yeah, Steph always makes me feel ten times better than I already do. Me too. Um, there's your favorite. My well, favorite, I know Nicole Neff's your favorite, name. but here's cheeks for you. That's it. Hi, Diana. My perfect uh, name. You know, Rob, honestly, what, what happened was uh, from the minute I walked in the building, uh, first off, they, it was the South Point 400 NASCAR race this week. So South Point is always packed during race time. Right. And uh, Tisha Haynes, David Haynes' wife, the director of the tournament, alerted everybody of the South Point 400 that you may want to get there a little bit early. Parking is going to be a bitch. So I get there at around 5 o'clock. Tournament's at 7. And I get when I say the furthest possible spot from the arena. And now because I only have one triple roller and one double tote, because I'm a, like I said, I'm a hack bowler these days. I have to put, I'm bringing six bowling balls in. I put, um, I put one ball in my backpack, two on my shoulder and I'm rolling a slim triple. So legit just, it's so fucking heavy. I'm so irritated that I have to do it, <laughs> but I get up to the arena. Now it's like five fifteen, five twenty. And now I got an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes before I got to go upstairs and bolt. I did uh, what, what John, what John does to control his confidence in his brain. And I had some swing lube. I, I uh, put some swing lube in my system uh, to the tune of some Cuervo gold. And by the time <laughs> I made it back upstairs at seven uh, to bowl the tournament, I'm starting on the end pair. I'm on 29 and 30 and I'm bowling with Ari Wilson and David Haynes. And I got Anthony Simonson on my left. Uh, Kev, where did you start? Do you remember where you started? I was on the other side. Mm, that's right. And um, I'm up there, and I said, you know what? I'm going to have a little bit more swing lube. And I, and I did before we started. And by the time I got into practice, Hi, there was no getting loose. I didn't have to really warm up at all. My body was already warm. All the, the, the juices were already flowing, like, like Bear just said. Um, hang on, let me answer Keegan's questions here before I keep going because I also want to again, Kev. In case I didn't yeah. tell you, part of this show is is about talking about what happened this weekend, but we're certainly going to feed into you, get questions from the viewers. I already have a bunch of things that I want to ask you, and so do the guys. They ask God. me tons of stuff every week, so I'm hammered every week for this stuff. Uh, Keegan wants to know if it's acceptable to take seven balls to league as a lefty like myself. Everyone says it's not necessary. Your thoughts? I do not believe it's necessary. Is there anything wrong with it? Absolutely not. You could bring two carts into the bowling alley if you want. In a three-game league session, Keegan, bring in seven bowling balls on what's typically a pretty playable oil condition. Sometimes bringing too many bowling balls is overkill. So a lot of times in a 10-minute warm-up and you only get like 10, 11 shots to throw, if you throw all seven bowling balls, by the time practice is over, you're not really sure which one to start with, which one to transition to. And before you know it, half the first game is gone and you're still fiddling with bowling balls. So three or four is usually a safer number. Seven, I do believe, is unnecessary. But uh, you do whatever you want. It's it's your life. And fuck everybody else. Um, <laughs> I uh, did not throw a purple hammer in that tournament. I want to be the first one to say that. I did not throw a purple hammer. But anyway, back to the story. Uh from the first shot in practice, um, everything felt right. I had just earlier that day, I went to David Haynes Pro Shop, and I drilled a Brunswick Attitude Control, which is a pearl urethane, 
and I drilled a Defender Hybrid. And I had those two balls along with my go-tos, which are my Ocean Vibe, my Stealth, my T-Zone. And I did bring a Purple Hammer just in case. I had a look with plastic up the gutter. I had a look with the attitude control somewhere around 12, 13, 14 at the arrows. And I had a look with the defender playing inside the third arrow. And I looked at Simo and I looked at Ari before the tournament started. And I said, I always make the wrong decision in this building. I always bowl well in this building, but I always start with the wrong ball in this building. And against my better judgment, I started with urethane anyway, just because I said to myself, at least I can control the hole, control the pocket a little bit with this ball. And I come out of the gates with the front nine, and I leave a ring seven and ten frame in bowl 279. Second game, we move to 31 and 32, which is right on the, or, yeah, right on the other side against the other wall. And I start with the front 11. And I leave a flat seven pin again for 299. And I actually ah. lost the and I lost the high game pot to, to Richard Jones that game. Oh, my God. You, how do you lose a high game? I lost a hole in one, uh, the closest to the pin on a hole in one one time. That's, That's brutal. bullshit. That should never happen. That should never happen. That is bullshit. Uh, the, uh, the, third, the third game, spare double, spare uh, ninth frame. I think I left a six pin, 247. And we go into the next game. I had back-to-back seven pins in the middle of a starting with the front six. Well, hang on, hang on, JP. When you throw two forty-seven, are you saying, "Oh, oh no, I'm losing it," or you still feel good and you know you're in the pocket? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of. It's a little rhetorical, but uh, I'm curious about your your thought process at this point because you haven't. You've just banged everything for two straight games. If I were, that's a great question because, for instance, in South Point, if you shoot three hundred, it's a hundred dollar bonus. If you shoot 800, it's $300. So in league, <coughs> excuse me, when you make the turn with 578 in league, you are saying to yourself, it would, it's so embarrassing if I don't shoot 222 right now. Not to mention, like, anybody could use an extra $300, but, like, you're supposed to bowl 220 after you turn 570, right? To me, that mentality didn't exist at all. I just said to myself, I'm in the lead. It's, it's a high-scoring pace. Anybody can bowl back-to-back 260s. At this point, I'm like, just just bowl. Like, I was not really thinking about anything other than visualizing every shot that, that I threw. So the thought in my brain after the 247 was I'm two and a quarter over after three games. And, and you still and felt good. Over. You were still lined up. You there, you were still you know honed in. There wasn't any like, oh, I, I, uh, I should have moved a board this way or nothing like that, huh? No. Uh, there were a couple shots that I that I threw that I could have moved a little bit, but for me in that building, the heads are so crisp and the ball shoots through the front so easily that uh, for me, my moves are more often front to back, stay a little bit more under it, give it a little bit more finger at the bottom, give it a little bit more reach through the follow-through. It's, it's usually more speed control front to back for me. So you're walking into game four going, all right, no big deal. Let's, 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 let's keep this throttle down, basically. Yeah, and, and ironically, you know, this is one thing that I actually wanted to get Kevin's take on also before I continue on the on stealing the show with the with the, the night that I had. No, I want you to, John. I want I want to lay back and just let you kind of handle this tonight. And uh, towards the end of that game, or excuse me, the start of the fourth game, uh, Anthony Simonson and Ari Wilson both opened the next game throwing urethane back up. They both tried to throw urethane back up. They tried to do what I was doing and make the ball hook backwards. 
And obviously, we know Anthony Simonson's a PBA champion doing that. Ari's also extremely talented at doing that. But typical left-handed mentality when something like that happens is that's really shitty. Like it's, it's something it's shitty to do. Like it, it, I, like part of me was like immature. Younger me would have said, dude, I'm 225 over. You're on my pair. You're even you're and like, you're going to fuck me because you know, you're not going to be able to shoot what I'm shooting, doing that no matter what it's against the laws of physics. Right. <laughs> but I didn't take it that way. Not even an ounce. If anything, I took it more as like a confidence booster. I said, if, if Jason Belmonte doesn't exist, I have the greatest bowler in the world on my left trying to do what I'm doing because it's the best way for him to make money tonight. And Ari happens to be Anthony's best friend and also does what Anthony does. He's a two-hander. So I actually took it more as a... That's an homage, basically. It, it, it was. Like, it was up, we're yeah. so up. Yeah, we have to do what this guy's doing because he is killing it right now, and his line is freaking dead accurate. It was uplifting, and it also made me believe. Again, I've got swing loop. Cuervo's flowing. Uh, it gave me the confidence <laughs> to say, if they're already thinking in game three that they have no chance to beat me, the only thing I have to do right now is just continue bowling. And that's exactly what I did. I shot two spares the next game for 268, three spares the following game for 256. The next game, game seven, was the most fun game of the night because Anthony Simonson, myself, and David Haynes all had the front nine right next to each other in the arena. Haynes leaves a 10-pin, shoots 279. I go strike six-pin for 289, and Anthony bowls 300. Lost that fucking high game pot, too. <laughs> and then this the... Uh, awful. And How then far the last, are you ahead by now at this point? You're just game uh, six or seven games, you said, total, right? At that point, the kid in, the, the guy that finished second is a guy named Andrew Sporin, who bowled fantastic through a Storm IQ tour the whole tournament. He finished the tournament at plus 413. He averaged just under 260. And then third place oh, was third place was somewhere around like plus 250 or so. So I was 250 ahead of third, and I wound up finishing um, uh, just about 100 pins ahead of second. The last game started with the front six, really threw a bad shot, and only left a 6-8 split, missed it, and struck out for 266. So like Jerry Johnson said, I bowled. Back-to-back 800s with a 266 kicker on route to averaging 272. And in typical left-handed fashion, I moved my feet zero times. And I shot at 10 spares in like three and a half, four hours. Thank God. It was. It was. And what's so crazy about it is the previous event, uh, the same event that I bowled, I bowled 280 the last game to go plus 80. I was actually even for the first six games. Never had a hard time getting to the pocket, just could not knock the, the friggin' pins down, just could not do it. But um, it was absolutely, yeah, like Roger says, it was, it was humbling. It was humbling to watch Simo try and mimic what I was doing. And like Kyle says, imitation is certainly a form of flattery. But uh, the thing that spawned my interest in having Kevin on the show is because. Kevin and I both seem to have those days when we're in there and in that plaza, especially And some days we absolutely murder them. And some days we hit the hole all day and we just cannot strike. We cannot get the angle. 
So yep. I wanted to um, I wanted to kind of get his take on 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 that just to like throw him into the fire right here right now. So I was pretty much throwing urethane the whole day. Uh, <clears throat> I couldn't really get in and shape the ball. I, I was by myself, but um, the balls that I have, I didn't need to drill new equipment too, but I just couldn't get the right shape. So I stayed out, played urethane, and I just couldn't eight pins, nine pins, seven pins. I just couldn't, couldn't get the games to go, but I went like 120 over, but not yeah. good, not great, not enough to cash, but I mean, it's respectable, but. Do you I mean, happen I, to know what the cash number was? I think it was like 170 over. 170. Do you know how many spots they paid? Fif- 15, I believe. 15. Hi, Sherry. I just realized the, the comments are coming up on this side. This is really, really, or that side. It's Dude, this really is kind of awesome. cool. It's a whole new thing. Like, StreamYard didn't have this. It's got an overlay, Greg, so I don't Greg have to. Thompson says he would have thrown it up the left, too. We're always taught to try to do what the leader is doing if they're struggling. If it's a lefty, then so be it. It should never be his disrespect. Totally agree. And, like, I'm kicking young me's ass forever thinking that way to even begin with. So it's actually, like, like I said, it, it was one of the best possible things that could have happened to me that night not to mention those are those are two of my buddies also you know it's it was really awesome kev uh when you're what do you attribute your lack of carry to i'm i'm talking about that plaza i'm talking about like when you're leaving seven pins are you leaving flat sevens are you leaving ring sevens followed by stone eights and then six eight and it's like take my shoes off i'm ready to throw my shit in the locker and just get the fuck out of here yeah, I mean, like, and what do you think, like, when you sit back and analyze it, what do you think you need to try and do differently the next time you combat a pattern in that building? Because let's face it, no matter what pattern they put out in the plaza, there's two angles to the pocket that work in there, up and at them or completely rainbowing around them. Anywhere in between, it's very easy to hit the pocket, but it's very, very hard to strike. It's either that. flat or steep, basically, you're saying. it's. Yeah, uh, I mean... I'm trying. I'm trying to just move a little bit. I mean, I go ring sevens, and then I move. I try and you know move left, move right, try and do a little hand manipulation to try and get it to go. Sometimes it doesn't. Like this last one, I just no matter what I did, little manipulation, ball change, it just it just wouldn't go. So I ended up switching to to, to plastic to try and get it to read. I moved further out because I could not move in. I could not move in at all because it would not shape. I just couldn't see the lane right. So I had to stay further out, and I knew that. And just use plastic and get it to read. And I shot 250, two, and then 230 with plastic. Wow. So, that's, pretty, mean, that's impressive. You know, what's funny is we, everybody always teases me about plastic because it's my best look in the arena. It's the, the previous event when I said I went 80 over. I went 80 over because I switched to my Indigo Swirl T-Zone the last game and shot 280. It's the only reason I went over. So I totally understand that also. It's, um, what was I going to say here? Well, a lot of people view it as giving up when you use your plastic ball, but it's another ball you bring in your bag. (laughs) It's the most important ball in your bag. And unless (laughs) you're Norm Duke and you just don't need it ever. (laughs) But, uh, uh, let's read some of these comments. Uh, Navalis Patrick, I would have thrown it like Johnny Sr. Absolutely. I've been trying to throw it like Johnny Sr. my whole life, which is why I'm a lush loser schmuck, because I can't do it. Uh, Jason Boyer, I think that's one of your homies, Kev. 
Oh, yeah. Better. He says you should rip the cover off the ball. Now, is he referencing the fact that maybe you used to and you've tried to be a little more conservative when you let the ball go these days or what? Uh, that, that's what he does. He's a lefty, too. He tears the cover off of it. There's another guy that knows talent, Jerry Johnson, saying Beers is a great bowler, too. Absolutely, JJ. That's why I wanted him on here. He's, it's beautiful to watch, and I always like to get some insight from – from all bowlers, but especially a lefty that is close, similar to me in rev rate, especially when my thumb is in the ball. I mean, we had a lot more similarities when my thumb was in the ball as opposed to my thumb out of it. Kevin throws it harder than me, but he's got so much natural hand with his thumb in the ball that it's very, very impressive to watch somebody that can go dead up the lane with your thin and plastic, but can also swing the ball lane if he has to. Johnny, you told me that uh, you really says, you really love watching Kevin Bowley. Yeah. I mean, you said you really love watching Kevin Bowley. He just has a, a beautiful style. Yeah, I always have. He's um, the one thing, the few things that I've always lacked in my bowling game is my, when I was 13, my arm swing used to be, my back swing used to be straight as an arrow. Like it was really, really perfect. And then when I got into like 15, 16 years old, I went from 5 to 170 pounds to six feet, 180 pounds. And all of a sudden my swing just went dead West, just completely went like I would push the ball away and the swing would go that way. It made absolutely, I I just couldn't get through my growth spurt. And throughout my entire career, I developed some kind of a loop and I could never, ever, ever get my arm under my shoulder unless I took my thumb out of the ball. And um, Kevin's arm swing is, I don't know for anybody listening, but Kevin's backswing reminds me of Chris Hester uh, from uh, Kentucky. If anybody's ever watched Chris Hester bowl, that's, it's that long, very relaxed, free, dead straight pendulum swing. So the ball has to go somewhere on the desired line almost every single time he lets it go. So that's something that I admire because it's one of the things that is so, so hard for me to do. My swing I have great days and I have horrible days because my swing is never really under control. A lot of it has to do with my choices in weightlifting. I'm certainly a little too wide up top to get as close to myself as I used to. Not as wide as Ocho. Fine, fine. Nobody has. But there's there are other times that uh, when it does work and the lanes allow it to work, everything works perfectly. So that's really. Hey, doesn't Walter yeah. Ray have a little bit of a loop? Without the lats, though? Yeah. He's just a taller guy. So There's nothing wrong with, with a loop. I mean, there's some of the greatest bowlers in the world have an inside-out arm swing. Uh, Jordan, Arrows, uh, Jordan Arrows says, Darius and I uh, both said, well, the day's over after four. And you know what's so crazy about that is I thought so, too. But Andrew Sforen just kept on striking, man. I mean, the guy average. I, I think we got to throw a little bit of credit to that kid because – not only is he a nice man, I mean, he, I enjoyed talking to him when the tournament was over, but he averaged 260, guys, 260. Like, I, I, I know what I averaged. I get it, but he averaged 260 for like Son's just such a humble winner, which, which also just accentuates how good you were, and it's literally the ultimate putover. Like, this guy is so damn amazing. I beat him. This guy, and I'm not <laughs> saying that. This is just me throwing my free. That's why I say, Oach, it's no. surreal because I right. still can't believe it happened. 
I still cannot believe it happened. I we don't thought think- you fell asleep on your phone when you threw the text out. Like, yeah. uh, he's just ass dialing or something. He's probably having a dream about uh, dirt bikes or something like that. Dude, like- I think about like when Eugene McCune set the scoring record at South Point in the regular bowling alley on Cheetah when he averaged Kevin Wood, was it 270? So, yeah, yeah, something like that. He averaged 270, and I don't remember for how many games. If anybody knows it, please shout it out. If anybody knows what Eugene McCune shot at South Point, or like the days when Rhino was setting all those records, or like the thought of me doing it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So that's why I'm giving more credit to Andrew than me because I was just, it was just one of those days I was in another dimension. I put. $20 into a slot machine and I hit a million dollars. That's like yeah. the odds of that happening to, to at least in my eyes. Well, the odds so, if you have the, if you don't have the talent are very slim, but if you, if you, if you, if you have been known to put it together on occasion and we, we know where you're at, like bowling's you still your, it's your passion. It's where you are, but we know your exercise is, is important. You're uh, you're into nutrition. You're, you have so many other avenues that you tackle that there's no full time, but there's still that underlying, I guess, innate intelligence that just said, you know what? I've been here before. Damn, I feel good. And I'm going to ride this shit out. Whether you felt it or not, I mean, it's still kind of wild that not many people can do that. So, and I don't ever compliment you. You know that. I don't I either. dog you every day. Yeah, you suck. Uh, in case anybody is curious, got an update from GG3 George Gohagen. Uh, currently taking care of the children while his wife is on a work call and he will get here as quickly as he possibly can. Gotcha. I said, no problem, man. Obviously family comes first. Totally cool. And, uh, anyway, I got to put my kid outside in the pool so we can do a show, but he can skip one freaking, he's on a one-off and he can't do the, Oh my God. At least you let her go in the pool this time. I think last week you just made her sit on the just, deck or something. No, I was just, yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. Outside the front door. It's not heated though. It's uh, I'm hoping that the sheet of ice doesn't break. Roger Meany just said that Eugene was 24-68 for eight. Let's do some quick math. Nine, nine games. Clock, Actually, he, he corrected himself. Nine games. For nine? Yeah. So that comes to 274.2. That's ridiculous. That's sick. Check that off. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. What kind of crazy guy would average 272 over nine games, or seven for that matter? <laughs> Kevin, were you aware of how good Johnny was bowling during all this, or were you just pretty much paying attention to your own game? No, I I was peeking over the whole time. I went to go talk to him, but he was in he was in such a zone. I just left him alone. Yeah, he was in God. Yeah. Actually, let me ask you this: he was in God what, was, mode. what was? Did you guys have a number in your head then, knowing that the scoring pace was high? Were you guys saying like, "All right, I have to be such and such over"? It's a big thing in golf, like knowing the, the number. I think in bowling it is too, if I'm not mistaken. You know, at a tournament, you guys get an idea of the scoring pace, and you're like, yeah, plus 300 is the cut or something. Or you, you get an idea. Did you guys have any of that in your head? Or because it was such a it was such a fast pace that you didn't really even have time to think about it? Kevin, I'll let you answer first. I mean, at, at least 300 over. I mean, with the caliber of bowlers. But, I mean, it's so fast-paced. You're just going as you go. So, I mean, you just have to bowl the best you can as quick as you can. Uh, congratulations to Jason Boyer's younger brother who just broke the house record at Limerick Bowl, 300, 300, 279. Awesome. Congratulations. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, my response to that question is, and again, I'm just going based off this past tournament. When I'm bowling that well, I don't give a fuck about the number. I am so happy 
that you're I'm so jacked well. up that you're in the zone right now. I, yeah, I'm I, like at that point, I'm like, look, if this don't make me money, it's okay because I'm <laughs> going to leave here today and say I actually executed today. I actually felt good today. Well, I saw the when video, John. Have you? I saw the video of you on your your Facebook page. I mean, you were throwing a ball brilliantly. I mean, it was just it was beautiful to watch. He's the one that filmed them. Oh, good Kevin's job, Kevin. The one that sent me the videos. That, good job, Kevin. That was. I was so happy about it because I, I, when I, what, what I try to explain to people is, and I'll, and I'll use this one for an example. And Larry Stella, you might be the only person on this planet that knows more about something than Ocho knows about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's bowling. And everything. I think uh, if and you put Larry Stella up against anybody <laughs> in bowling history, uh, quiz shows, nobody beats him. He is, uh, that's, that's how much I feel you know about about bowling. Can, yes. you, can you get to Where Stephanie's question before you, you sure, continue sure. on, please? If you said this and I missed it, I apologize. What did you bowl on? Not that it takes away from averaging 272, just curious. Uh, I want to say it was a very slightly modified South Point Plaza house shot. Would you, would you say that was right, Kev? Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't dead nuts house shot. Yeah, it wasn't. There was, it's you know, it's crazy. If it was dead nuts house shot, I don't think I would have averaged two seventy. I think I would have averaged two twenty six. Wouldn't the righties have killed that shot then? Right, most likely. I'm, I'm not taking. I'm not doing a lefty righty shit or anything like that. But I think you've always said that it uh, the way the house breaks down was is opened up for. I mean, plus there's a lot more righties with the with the hold and with the breakdown of it. There's it's it's tricky. Um, there's more right handers. So like the right handers always say you got to stay close for the first few games until they open up and, or they break down and then you can. And move, then they and swirl then you, your guys line up too. But then what they forget is like as they're saying that they say, oh, you're on the left. Nothing ever changes. You're sitting here telling me you need the lanes to change in order to strike. <laughs> well, yep. they never change for us. What if they suck in game one? So, but anyway, that's if you really want, dude. Right, you that's a, that's that's that should be like on a shirt because that's such a good point. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to move. Yeah, I don't have anywhere to go because I got no shot. <laughs> but what I was what I was going to say about there are also certain buildings that certain rules don't apply, i.e., the South Point Plaza and the National Bowling Stadium. In those two buildings, it's good to be lefty. And yep. I'll be the first one, first one to admit it. It is good to be left-handed in those buildings. There's several more, I mean, that I can't think of off the top of my head, but those are certainly the, you know, that's Kobe and Shaq as, as far as the two buildings that, um, that are built. They are, they are lefty sewers, so to speak. Um, and like Jason says, if the left is good, it's good. But if the left is bad, we have no chance. No I chance. mean, that's, that's always been the case. And unfortunately, what we hear most of the time, we never hear about how well we bowl unless we bowl astronomical numbers. We only hear about when we, like when we get shut out, nobody ever says, oh, God, the, the left sucks. That must have been they, tough. Yeah, when you're one out of every 12 tournaments comes through where you actually have a shot to actually cash, oh, these damn lefties, oh, how dare they? <laughs> Yeah, like give me I'm a glad. break, man. Let me have one freaking tournament where I can. I want. I just want to compete. I'm not trying to freaking steal people's food off their table. Give me a shot at least. It I'm looks glad you like, brought that up. 
it looks like there may be somebody else waiting in the green room to join the conversation. That is correct, Johnny. It's Ocho's mom. Should we bring her in? Hey. <laughs> it was her birthday yesterday. Don't oh, ha- dare disparage ha- her. Happy birthday, Mrs. Ocho. Or Ocho's mom. What should I call her? You don't, you don't even address her. That's, I'm, I'm with Ocho on this one. Uh, our so other leave the mothers out of this. Other, <laughs> we'll get off moms because I just got off his. Uh, and we don't want Roger Meany to get mad, and he's already writing <laughs> wow. So we have to leave the mom comments alone. All right. Uh, joining us is our other special guest. He is a two-time USBC Eagle winner from uh, in 06 and 07. He has two PBA regional titles. His eight, his highest series is eight ninety nine, and supposedly we have to ask him about that because there there might be some shenanigans uh, behind that. So, without further ado, let's bring in Mister George Gohagen the third. Good evening, George. Glad you're here. What's happening, everybody? How y'all doing? Good, good man. Good. We to see are you. doing well. So, let, let's get to the hard topics right out of the, right off the bat. Uh, what's uh, what's up with the eight ninety nine you threw? And, and Johnny says there's possibly an asterisk next to it. Yeah, so uh, we had a, a bowl in the league, and um, they had a real, real big snowstorm the week before. So basically, like 80% of the league about, uh, stayed after league the next week to make up, and I, uh, I bowled 899. <laughs> Hell yeah. But it was right that still that, counts. Uh, if anything, you're worn yeah, out. Right. That's... Unfortunately, it was right, under that, right after that uh, Robert Mushter situation, so... The USBC did away with all, you know, post-bowling, pre-bowling honor scores. Gotcha. Mm. gotcha. Well, I mean, if a tree falls in the woods, does anybody around to hear it? So, I mean, how do we know you really shot? Let's just say there's an amateur listening. Who's the guy you're referring to and what happened? Not me. Let's just say there's an amateur listening that doesn't know about Robert Mustard. (laughs) Uh, Basically, the guy bowled a bunch of 900s in his dad's bowling alley by himself. Oh, exactly. they counted them? They right. were, like, sanctioned? Yeah, I mean, they I, counted them. They, they, they counted two of them, but he, like, turned in, like, five or six of them. <laughs> did he just push the scoreboard and say, like, he made strikes the whole way? Or did was there any visit? I mean, no nobody way? knows, because, like I said, his dad owns the bowling alley. All right. And he pre-bowled and bowled 900. Then he pre-bowled again and bowled 900. And um, the USBC accepted two of them. Then they made that rule and... If you've ever seen the guy bowl, I don't think he can bowl five ninety nine. That's exactly what I was just going to say. What has the USBC done in the last like five years? Like the USBC, there's never anything good where they're like, and the USBC did this, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. No, they just do dumb shit. Like let a guy who owns a mustard factory print out freaking three hundred <laughs> and nine hundred and say, oh, you're sanctioned, and now they freaking steal Delmo's balls and uh, check them for their softness, which only a doctor should be doing. <laughs> yeah, what, what George said about, because I watched Robert <laughs> Mushter about mustard. Oh, I watched <laughs> uh, even, even I probably said it wrong now, but anyway, I watched him bowl after I heard that he bowled multiple 900s also. And I watched him throw three shots, and I went, the fuck out of here. No, he can't. No, he can't shoot. No. So, anyway. Unless he's doing, it, it like, sucks. It sucks that you take one of the most talented bowlers in the world, and you discredit something because of somebody else's cheating. 
ad that was accepted by the governing body of the fucking sport. Give me a break. What, what, See, if, he did, what, what if he saw Kingpin and he was like, I'm just like Ishmael and I bowl 15 frames and I, I wound up having to bowl a, a 900 and, and it took me a while. I don't even and, think he could get there with 15 frames. That guy. Oh, awesome. shit. All right, then this like, guy is. Have you seen. Have you seen the new um, uh, Liberty Mutual commercial with Limu, Emu, and Doug yes. bowling? Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe that's how he bowled it. He got the, the Emu to just peck at the pins that he left. That's standing. where Rob got the intro strike from, too, and how awful that looked. It looked like a freaking four-year-old threw a seven-pound skee-ball at the pins. It wasn't even a good strike. Damn it. <laughs> Just George saying, and, and George and Kevin, I'm gonna. I have a question for both of you guys, and this is a question that I always ask all of my guests. And you can give me multiples; I don't care. I understand that with the amount of bowling balls that are out, with the amount of bowling balls that we drill, that this may change uh, over the course of time, or probably has changed 15 times in the last 10 years. What's your favorite balls of all time and why? And for both of your biggest wins, I don't know, George, if it's a regional or an eagle, Kevin, if it's a junior title or the, the See You Next Tuesday tour or whatever it was. That's the one. Um, That's the one. Uh, but well, I want to know what is what are your favorite bowling balls, and you could tell me what and tell me why. Tell everybody why. Go for it, Kevin. Uh, my my favorite is probably the Victory Real Pearl. I've had I don't know how many three hundreds and eight hundreds with that ball. It's just symmetrical, smooth, predictable. I just I don't know. It just matched up well with me. So that's probably my favorite ball of all time. Um, it's also the greatest smelling ball of all time. Maple syrup. Ma- maple syrup. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My ball smell like maple syrup too, ladies. <laughs> oh <Jeez. laughs> Uh, it's hard to pick one like favorite ball. Um, that, that's tough. <laughs> Stephanie uh, says Eagles plastic ball. How about that quantum? I mean, I'm, I'm left handed. I should say purple hammer, but um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you throw a purple original hammer. V two, original V two. Oh, nice pick, nice pick. So funny, you go with a solid symmetric, and you go with a pearl symmetric. Interesting. And I don't throw any symmetric balls nowadays. Like, I think I have two in my bag. Yeah, Crazy how my I, I'm, I'm the same way, man. I have I only have a, a stealth and an ocean vibe because I threw my dad's while I was home. I would have never even thought to drill them simply because they're symmetric. But ironically, <laughs> one of my favorite balls of all time is the C-System Versamax, which is another solid uh, symmetric ball. So Ball's good. Rad Rob, how about you, considering you're the fourth lefty of this dynamic fivesome here? Uh, when I was bowling, um, well, Johnny, fuck, you know my equipment. I've had the same equipment since, two, or since 1993. So it's the, it's the Swamp Monster or the it's, Teal Rhino I Pro? I hate the Swamp Monster. It's the Teal Rhino Pro or the Force Green Quantum, the original. Uh, but on the bowling game they play now, the Quantum Bias is, is probably my favorite right now. But uh, Yeah, I love the – I can't understand how, how the Bias Pearl is so good in the video game when it <laughs> – would have been better serving as a boat anchor in real life. Yeah. The, uh, like that ball. The, uh, oh, what is it, like 40 pounds? Then I could throw it at least. Yeah, the, uh, the blue one. I, I thought it was a very – actually, it was pretty good with you, for me if you if you to knock the shine off. It, it was a good controlled motion. Um, I actually just wasn't a fan of the bias line <laughs> at all, other than the fact that the original one was white, and I always wanted an AMF XS, and, and here, lo and behold, XS was white the ball. ball. 
George, when you um when you won uh, the Eagles, uh, that's I mean everybody that bowls at any level, whether it's amateur, professional, house hack, whatever you want to call it, Ochoville. What did that feel like? And uh, do you? Do you remember, uh, well, first off, what pieces did you use there? What city were you in when you won the Eagles? And, like, how did that feel when it was over? Did you bowl? I, I basically wanted, I want to win an Eagle really bad, and I think that any bowler that bowls, that goes to Nationals, has that somewhere inside of them. What did that feel like? Uh, it was my second year, actually, ever bowling Nationals. Uh, I bowled the first year, and I think I bowled 1,500. I was absolutely terrible. Um so to bowl good the next year and actually lead on our team, I think I bowled like 7.30 or something. I threw a vapor zone, uh, and I was bowling mm-hmm. with Steve Fair and those guys. I mean, a really, really great team. So to take over the lead, I didn't really know what it meant to win an Eagle because I had never bowled a, a tournament that big. But um, after we actually won, it kind of like hit me like, oh, you really did something cool here. Like, this is not like your local run-of-the-mill <laughs> four-game sweeper. Like, you really – I didn't even know what the Eagle was. I mean – Hell yeah. My dad's, uh, when my dad, um, I don't know if they came like this, but my dad also has two Eagles, but they were gold belt buckles with diamonds in them. And, uh, it, it had they the definitely ABC left the logo. diamonds out of mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he still got them at home in the trophy case. And that's, that's, that's pretty cool to, to look at. And, uh, I mean, I granted, I am on a team that is perfectly, perfectly capable of, of taking some of those birds home. And uh, I, uh, unfortunately, my best year ever at Nationals was the year that I could not bowl with my team because I was the minister at my sister's wedding. I actually oh. wed her and her husband, and I wound up bowling with Ari Wilson, and I shot 2005 with nine deuces. It's my best ever Nationals. Wow. I get back on my team this year. I'm like, God, I'm in the same building. I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm all pumped. 1820. Stink. <laughs> hey, let's yeah, give a quick a, shout out to Megan McGinley. It's her birthday today. Nobody knows that because she's not in the chat right now. But uh, we want to say uh, she's a big supporter of the show. Megan McGinley. It's her birthday today. I don't know how old she is, birthday, but that's Megan. not important. Struck uh, out. Matt Carpenter just struck out. You idiot! It should have been. Piss off it. You're gonna piss off Dave again. Dave, it's a. It should have been. Oh, a, hey, look, you just struck out. Do that. He's taking his time to watch the game and us. Can you? It's like stop spoiling. I'm watching Direct TV and it's like 15 seconds behind right. Ocho. I see him freak out and I look at the TV. Oh, and I'm like, pal, there's fucking nothing going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> George, uh, how long have you known Johnny? Where'd you guys first meet? Oh, that's a good question, man. I don't. I mean, I've known him for a long time. Um, where See, these are tough questions, Rob. I, I these are layups, remember. man. They're supposed to initiate the conversation. This is why this podcast is hard hitting. Remember when we first met? I just knew <laughs> his dad was one of my favorite bowlers ever on earth. <laughs> yeah, I think that we can all agree. With, we can all agree with that, right? I love it's, uh, it. It's it's easy to maintain. You know what's crazy <clears throat> is we always, you know. Uh, I'm going to steal Rob and Big Mike's patch pirates here, but we always tease everybody <laughs> in the bowling world for everything that we do, but if there's one thing that the company of Brunswick has gotten right over time is they offer contracts to just genuine good people. And the people that are contracted, especially under Brunswick, yes, I'm tooting their horn because they've supplied food on my family's table for 50-some-odd years, so I'm going to kiss their ass as much as I'd like to, especially on my (laughs) show. Um, 
That doesn't but, sound like ass kissing. That actually sounds like a noble thing, really, which is well, in, in, a, in a corporate world is, is literally unheard of. True. Well, George, George is a Brunswick staffer and always goes out of his way to say hello, always goes out of his way to give credit where credit's deserved, never opens his mouth negatively about anybody. And that's kind of... And he's just thoroughly enjoyable to watch bowl. I mean, it's it just it is. I I, I put a post of Chris Barnes on uh, Facebook last night and put poetry in motion. That's what George is too. And I can actually say that because I just watched him bowl his second consecutive eight hundred last night, and he did it next to me while I shot six sixty. But <laughs> it's um, he's got he's got the the right mentality for for this this Brunswick family, and so does Kevin. And uh, so I would say that our relationship, like many others in the bowling world, I think got a lot stronger when we were on the same team. We were always, how you doing, bro? Good to see you. You look great. You're throwing it great. But we were never representing the same brand with the, you know, the same morals when we're, when we're out on those lanes. So I think that plus us now living in Vegas, all three of us living in Vegas, I think that's really attributed to the – continued relationship that that we so share to this day absolutely i would agree with that 100 yep. i've always been a uh, jordan allo jordan allo kevin um we'll ask you this question jordan allo wants to know the comment of the sim versus asim why do you prefer one over the other i mean we can all answer but if if who's ever got uh an answer to that one go, go i got shoot. a great answer okay do it, it no i don't know what the fuck that even means <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Go ahead, Kev. Uh, I mean, I, I prefer symmetrical because it's more predictable for me. Anyways, I, that's what I that's what I generally use. Benchmark ball, game breaker, victory rope pearl. Um, I don't usually use ASIM until lanes break down, and I gotta gotta get in a little bit. But I prefer symmetrical. I'm not. The complete opposite of that. <laughs> so am I. That's that's why I like yeah, asking I the question. This was the point he I said. I wanted to bring three lefty, two lefties who we all have different styles. So it's a fun little thing. Yeah. Even though I don't know what you're saying, but I definitely that's prefer the all asims. Now, George, get this. Ball that I use a lot is a purple hammer. George, get this. Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. Jason Boyer's from the same neck of the woods as you before you lived here, right? Absolutely. Jason also says he likes sim more because it's more predictable and able to trick it more. Again, I am also completely on the opposite side of that. I wonder if it has something to do with maybe what we or you are used to. Because when I go back to the East Coast, you know what? When I was back home, the balls that rolled the best for me were a Bigfoot. Uh, my Black Widow Ghost always rolls well. But um, my... I And the... Uh, was it, 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 that no? The Bigfoot was the ball that really, really rolled well back east for me. Out here on the West Coast, I cannot throw. I'm very uncomfortable throwing symmetric, especially in the early going out here, because I can't manipulate it and I can't trick it. It's too volatile down lane for me. It's too angular for me. The the uh, asymmetrical cores they still get through the heads, but when they change direction, they change direction forward. They're not going sideways, boomerangy. And um, but that's that's interesting that uh, of the four of us here between Jason's comment and the three of us, George, you said you were more along me, right? Because I always see you throw asim stuff. 
Yeah, the ASIM stuff is just, um, I, and it could be because my game is a little different now. But um, I mean, 15 years ago, I threw a bunch of game breakers and V2s. So, you know, it was it was different. I was a little bit. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing then. I had a lot more of all power and really didn't know how to harness it. But now that I'm, I can't do the things I used to do, I have to. I need a little help on those bigger cores and and combine with these covers that we have now. They just they allow me to look a lot better than I am. There's the stud. Oh, there goes the stud. Yeah. What's John- good, homie? Johnny, give me a favor. Just for the, the people that may not know exactly what an asymmetrical ball and a, a symmetrical ball is, can you just kind of put it in layman's terms? Yeah, the, the core inside the bowling ball, the engine of the bowling ball, if it's symmetrical, it's symmetrical. Like it's the exact same shape on both sides. So, or completely around it. And it will only, only, excuse me, only the center of gravity and the top of the weight block known as the pin will be identified with markings on the exterior of the ball. So you'll see the riser pin, let's say it's just a little circle. And then the center of gravity could be any kind of small niche in the ball. An asymmetric core has a side of the ball that doesn't match or a side of the core that doesn't match the other side. And what you, you can identify those by seeing not only the riser pin and the center of gravity, but also a marking for the mass bias of the ball. And typically when you drill an asymmetrical ball, the placement of the pin and the mass bias is the main focus. Whereas on a symmetrical ball, you focus more on the relationship of the pin to the center of gravity. In other words, on an asymmetrical ball, you could basically cover up the center of gravity and and you would lay it out using the other two markings, the mass bias and the pin. And wherever the CG falls, the CG falls, as long as the mass is where it's supposed to be. I don't really know how to dummy it down any more yeah, than don't that. Don't nod your head, Rob, because you don't nod your head. I know exactly don't what he's talking your head. about. I know, I know exactly what he's talking about. Because you're playing virtual bowling 2022, maybe. <laughs> well, he's obviously doing well. He's a 20-time champion already. He's yeah, so is freaking uh, Derek Mustard. 21 now, actually. His I... dad owns a damn bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> Never in a million years seems... thought we were going to talk about Mustard Seed on this show. That's, That's going to be the new inside joke That's from, from here on out. Um, yeah, no, I have, actually have 21. Question, Jordan. I have 21 titles in 11 majors now. So I'm just catching up to Belmonte. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, you're really there you doing go. a fantastic job, and you've done it all with one ball. It seems like no. I mean, I, I threw a couple three hundreds with the uh, Black Widow Legend Pearl um, the other day. But anyway, it's a really good game. And uh, serious questions: Are any of the no, no. bowling balls asymmetrical? I have no idea. I honestly don't even know. Uh, shout out to Derek Mashad for getting me uh, hooked up with that game because now I'm addicted to it and I play it every single day. But uh, hey, Johnny, I got a quick question for real. Yeah. Are, are, are any of my bowling balls asymmetrical? <laughs> uh, not that I know of. Unless you still have that gravity shift from Storm, I think the that bowling ball is yeah. But no, you have a Wrecker, which is not, which okay. is a great ball, but it's not asymmetric. Uh, I don't even know what else you have. The Aren't those your only two balls? You have a Steelers Visible. And what else? The green one. It's like green and kind of purple. The green one. You always say that. You always say that, but you don't have a green and purple ball. I do. Go get it out. I Megan knows might... what it is. Megan, what bowling ball do I have if you're here still? Shit. <laughs> do, you, uh, well, do Kevin and George bowl with you in any leagues? Do you guys bowl together or, or not? Uh, we all bowl Tuesday nights. I got gotcha. you. Uh, 
George, Monday, you bowl, Monday we bowl the sport league together. George, you don't bowl Thursday night trios, do you? No, no. I just bowl Monday nights and Tuesday nights. Yeah, so we're all together Mondays and Tuesdays. So, Johnny, you're I bowling sub, uh, Thursday, but they got the league. Johnny, yeah. you remember uh, the Wide World of Sports, which used to come on after uh, the Pro Bowling Tour on ABC. Uh, and the beginning always said, uh, what, what, what was their slogan? The, the, I know, I remember the agony of defeat. Do you remember what the first part of it was? The thrill of victory? The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. So on Saturday, you were riding a super high because you were in the zone. And Monday, not so much. Uh, what happened Monday night? Uh, I have a very, very hard time on that pattern. And we've bowled on it for five or six consecutive weeks now. It was another reason why I wanted Kevin on the show, because Kevin bowls really, really well on that pattern. I, uh, I'm used to old Cheetah, so I'm used to getting yeah. on the rail. I'm used to seeing friction on the rail. I'm used to not being able, not being afraid to throw it like I'm not. I'm never afraid to look in the gutter when I'm bowling on Cheetah. I'm afraid to look in the gutter now because I know I can't just feed it there. And the other thing that I'm noticing that happens on Monday is by the time practice is over, the majority, this again goes back to lane transition, the majority of the right-handers that are killing them on on Cheetah, they're playing around 10. They're, They're at the arrows. Which, if you even tried to do that on old Cheetah, you'd pick three off off either side. You you couldn't play there. You had to play the gutter. Right. So my brain says the right thing to do is get as far left as possible. I don't care if I have to throw plastic on route to do it. When I try and stay more, let's say, up six, seven, eight, as long as I don't tip my hand around the side of it at all, as long as I don't throw it too hard, so I'm like passively aggressive with it, then it's got a chance to get to the hole. But the minute I get through it and like really, really try and execute a good bowling shot in my brain, what a good bowling shot is, I get six. It's like it's I uh, so I go there a with that mentality already. Like I'm unsure what to do. Hell, I even brought two new bowling balls this week just to try. I've brought nine or ten bowling balls into that league already. But um, I just I'm having a hard time. And now we're gonna feed right into Scorpion, which maybe. Maybe I'll have enough hold that I can at least do something I enjoy doing, but I fear that I'm, I'm going to continue to go down because typically as the pattern gets longer, the righties bowl better. So, they're tough. Yeah, they're, they're very, very tricky, man. But what do you guys – I mean, let's get both of your takes on, on that because that's actually a good combo. And, Rob, let me know when it's, when it's time to go. Uh, we got about 10, 15 minutes. All right, so I think that's that's a good topic. What do you guys see on Monday? Uh, they're, they're hard. <laughs> um, I've, been throwing, I've been throwing two different purple hammers. I, I got my uh, my Kentucky one and a, and a Mexico one, and I kind of found something like right up five six. I mean, trying to be kind of soft, trying to like get around it a little bit. Um, the old days, I used to just throw it as hard as I could at the gutter and watch it hook off of it. <laughs> I tried that the very first week. I think I bowled 170 every game. Yep. But I'm about like 211 in the league, which is pretty good. I mean, they're just in, you know, South Point pair to pair is a nightmare. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. So, 100%. Um, I, I just, I try to dumb it down. I bring two year thing balls and, and that's it. Like, I, I don't go away from it. I just try to make those work. Yep. 
I, I tried to throw resin four or five frames one time, and it was it was miserable. So, um, Kev, what about I mean, you? Kevin kind of like has that idea too. We actually, me and George and I just bowled uh, a couple of weeks ago. Beat the brakes off me, but we bowled. Uh, <laughs> you know, I went two thirty the first game. Got a little swirly and go one forty, but uh, I and then I go two thirty two zero after that. But pitch black three four five. It's just a speed control thing with me. I mean, yeah. it's there. Um, you know, if I get too firm and I get it out early, I it, not coming back. But yeah, it's definitely a speed control thing. Definitely urethane has to have surface. You know, I hit it with like five hundred, but just gotta stay soft. But if you throw it too soft toward the gutter, the hook immediately you'll get five to the middle. <laughs> like it's yeah. they're yeah. they're just yep. weird. They're Absolutely. Just weird. I cannot throw reactive on that at all. And I can't, I can't get it in. It's gone. But. Well. Ocho, are you usually that, soft or are you hard? <laughs> <laughs> that answers my question. Uh, that answers my question. So He looks pretty firm. Yes. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of bring something up. And, and we've talked about how well or, or not well the PBA and USBC kind of promote everything. Um, my local center uh, that I bowl at is about 20 minutes away from me in Smyrna, uh, Smyrna Tennessee. And uh, about three, four weeks ago, they had a PBA 50 event, and I had no fucking clue that it was there. No ads, no promotion, nothing on Facebook. They don't update their website. Uh, if I didn't actually go check PBA News... I, that oh, was the winner. There you go. Nice. Got it. If I didn't check the PBA website, I wouldn't even know, you know, what the schedule was. <laughs> Walter Ray was there. I mean, a lot of your top, you know, uh, ballers for the senior tour were there, and I had no idea. I would have gone and watched it. Um, it, it. It baffles me that, you know, you're trying to grow a sport, uh, yet the local center will not do anything to help you, to help you do that. Do you guys... Well, you guys are in Vegas, so things might be a little different. But, I mean, in your experience, we'll start with you, Johnny. Um, do local centers typically advertise PBA events in your experience? Not that I know of. No. Kevin? I mean, every once in a while, you'll see a sign at South Point that says, we have no lanes for a tournament. That's it. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing going that's, on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really, that's about it. Richie, how you doing? Good evening, Mr. Villanueva. Do people wonder why it is one bowling is alley or skill? I've only seen one bowling alley advertised the PBA 50. Uh, they hit Vision Lanes up in Michigan. And uh, Steve Klein, he owns the bowling alley. He's one of the best bowling alley owners in the world. But he posted for four or five months on social media. And they had a really big turnout to watch those guys bowl. Like, it was awesome. So, Other than that, no. You, you'll never know they're coming. So my question is, how do you expect to get back to where you were in, in the glory days or, or even just try to grow the sport naturally uh, if, if you don't advertise, if you don't let people say, hey, the best bowlers in the world are going to be here at such and such lanes and blah, blah, blah. $10 at the door, come check us out. Like, see, see what it's all about. Um, back in the day, like, before social media you know, there's always at least TV ads or newspaper ads saying, okay, the Greater Hartford Open's coming to Bradley Bowl in Windsor Locks, Connecticut. But now when you got social media, you got Twitter, you got TikTok, you got Facebook, you, you got... Think, you think it should be blasted everywhere. You would much. think, I mean, and, and right? It take much. With it Facebook take groups much. and all that. Money too. 
and I heard nothing about it. It, it just it, it pisses me off that um, how lazy, especially. I don't want to harp on the PBA, but I mean, I, I just want to harp on the local Smyrna Bowling Center. Like, what the fuck, man? Just like run a Facebook ad. It costs like twenty five bucks to reach like twelve hundred people, or whatever. Like, put something out there saying we have the PBA fifty token. Walter Ray's gonna be here. You know, all yeah, these. We are that's because they don't make no money from it. That's that's the main they're thing. They don't advertise any money. They make any money. They, you know, make any money from it. But they'll advertise bowling, cosmic bowling for sure. No, they do. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they do for sure. Absolutely. They because you got to remember. I mean, I'm not defending them in any way, shape, or form. But the only money that they can make by spending money to get people into that center while the event is going on is if people buy food and if the bar Smart is bar. open, which yep. half of the time the bar ain't open at the times that they're bowling the tournament anyway. Yeah. The tournament, if, if the squad starts at 8 a.m., there's not going to be a bartender there at 8 a.m. for a professional bowling tournament that nobody's drinking alcohol at. Right. Well, how the hell it's, do golf courses make money then? If you know, the guys tee off at 7 a.m., but there's still golf, golf. people. The bar is open at 7 a.m. at the golf course, too. <laughs> yeah. Then, then we got to start making totally. some changes. And uh, are you <laughs> talking about just regular golf, like going out with the guys on a Sunday afternoon? No, no, no. I'm talking about, about a, no, I'm talking about when, when, the, when the tour's in town. I've been to one event, and it was on a, it was on a Friday, and I caught this shitty freaking tee-off time, and it was still the greatest freaking time I had in a long time. I mean, the bars open as soon as the sun's up. There's merchandise for sale. They have sponsors like Mercedes and Workday and NetJets, and they're just—it's. It's I mean, a, you can't a, tell me that a fan wouldn't want to go to the pro shop and buy a bowling ball that they just watched this dude just throw. You know what I mean? Like, if there's, there's, they're miss even for the proprietor of that place. Like, there's got to be you know, some freaking missing aspect there. Yeah, there there is, and I'm I'm going to relate it to to this guy's motto, to Mr. Olympia's motto. The only way to build muscle is to do is to consistently weightlift. You can go weightlift three consecutive days, and you will see nothing. If you go weightlift every day for three years, you will see things. If you weightlift for eight years, you will see things. But you have to every day consistently do something. Same times, eat at the same times, drink at the same time, sleep at the same time, right? For 36 years, the PBA was on ABC at 3 p.m. Every single Saturday for the entire year. So you would know early March, they'd be in North Brunswick for my dad's tournament. You knew that on Easter, they would be at uh, Eastway Lanes in Erie. You knew when the Quaker State 250 was. You knew when the TSC was. Then... They lost that contract. Now it's on against. Now it's on ESPN. The they put the ladies on at fucking midnight, like or, or three a.m. on ESPN two, like like just shut it. It was the most disgusting thing they could have ever done to, to when the. When you women. get home from the stripper bar, you go watch ladies bowling. I guess maybe it's like they go Italian from, or yeah, something. ESPN to CBS to this time to that time. Now you got it on Sunday up against football. Like they're they're. The consistency in the sport went away. In showing the sport, completely went away. And now people don't even know where to look for it. And they oh, yeah, don't even yeah, know. and you have to look for it too, which has become the problem. Where no one, you know, again, one o'clock on Sunday, you're going to watch a football game, and one and four o'clock on Sunday, you're going to watch a football game. You know, so it's like they, they, the things are consistent. I, I get that now. I, I totally see that. And that's a great point. I'm not sure if we lost Kevin, but if we did, Kevin, it was an absolute honor having you here. We're getting close to wrapping up anyway, but uh, 
I'm glad uh, you came out. And, and uh, George, you as well. I mean, the three of us can wrap up the show. I, uh, a special, special thanks to uh, to Kevin for being here. Yes. Looking forward to seeing you uh, tomorrow at League. Oh, what a TG3. great last name. Yeah, yeah. No we, we got Cheech gears, three, we got uh, we got everything I need. You, uh, <laughs> your presence is is always accepted here. Always feel free to pop in on this show whenever you want to rant, rave, do whatever you want to do. We're here every single Wednesday, and uh, love you, bro. Congrats on back to back eight hundreds. You're uh, certainly making you. that uh, defender hybrid look pretty impressive thus far. <laughs> we'll do it again for sure. All right, man. All right. Say hi to the family for me. Give everybody hugs and kisses. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, George. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Troy, thank you very much for the uh, the, the great bowling post, man. It, it was definitely um, a, a night that I will never, ever, ever forget. Um, what two what two class acts those two guys are? I want to take a minute to talk to you guys about these two guys. Um, they they really they really bring their heart along with their talent to the lanes, whether they're practicing bowling league, bowling tournaments. I mean, George is, George is a bowler. That's what he – that is his job, man. I mean, the, the, the guy bowls everything. And he is – oh, good. Kevin is still here. Oh, shit. I wasn't – oh, we, we can't hear him now, though. My, my laptop died. Sorry. Ah, I got you, guys. Oh, that's okay. We were actually uh, – we were we just gave you a nice sign-off because we're about to wrap up the show. But uh, we, I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much for being here, dude, and we're looking forward to having you on again. Sounds good. Good night, guys. Thanks, so, Kevin. Have a good one, Appreciate man. Appreciate the kids. Got it. Hey, Beans, how you doing, bro? Long time no see. Hope all is well. Um, but, yeah, those those are just two really, really good eggs, those guys, and uh, it's a pleasure to call them friends and, and to honestly admire their talent on a weekly basis. It's really, really cool. To kind of put a bow on uh, my little my little rant, uh, and Johnny, you're, you're probably best to answer this because you know uh, Ocho Ocho's so busy he doesn't have time to kind of dig into this stuff. But uh, look, if you yeah. want if you want to bring people to your bowling center, um, you should advertise. If you let people know that the PBA is here or the PBA fifty is here, some of the greatest senior bowlers in the entire world. They came here to Smyrna Bowling Center. So you should want to come here and bowl in our tournaments or bowl in our leagues or bowl in the lanes at the Pros Bowl. It helps your business. What? It's counterproductive. What the fuck? What in the actual fuck were they thinking by not running a Facebook ad or putting something in the fucking... The, the, they have a group on Facebook or join the PBA group or join the local Tennessee fucking schmuck group. I mean, it, it makes no sense that they don't advertise the best in the world are going to be here. So you need to be here too, because you never know what's going to happen. And when the tournament's over, say the best in the world were here. And now we want you come ball our leagues, come ball our tournaments. It's fucking bullshit. And you're never going to grow the sport unless you fucking get it out there. I don't want to. I thoroughly respect your stance and I get the rant. And I'll be honest, man. I would have never heard of Beth page, black golf course. That's the first thing I thought of. First thing I, I thought of as soon you know, as you said that in 2000. I would have never ever even there. known what Beth Page Black was, but I would love to go play that golf course now. Because it's a Muni. Because the U.S. Open was there. You're dead. That's the first fucking thing I thought of too. Shit. Abs- absolutely. But when I go and play Beth Page Black, it's going to cost me 150 to 300 dollars for the round, and I'm going to have to book it in six months, six months in advance, most likely to play. 
Bowling center proprietors, when a PBA regional comes into their facility, they lose money. They lose money hand over fist when they host a tournament because there is no leagues for however long the duration of the tournament. There is no open bowling. There are no sales at the snack bar. There is nothing like that. Thanks, Brooklyn Rob. Brooklyn Rob. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy night, bro. It must have been the juice I got uh, after you were on our show. So thanks, <laughs> homie. Well, like you said, like but, uh, like I said before, gas stations agree. Gas stations don't make I money do. off gas; they make money off concessions. Bring them in, fucking feed them. They sit here for a while. I mean, they have to eat. They're gonna be here for a few hours. They can make money that way. They also charge at the door. It wouldn't crush anybody, especially in the social media era that we live in. If a proprietor really did want to get fans in the door to admire the pros, yeah, go. Go put some boosted posts on uh, across all social media platforms. Let let at least the locals know. Hey, if you want to come down to our bowling alley, Norm Duke, Pete Weber, and uh, I don't know Walter Ray Monticelli are going to be yeah. here in, in Smyrna, Tennessee. Walter Ray, right? They're all going to be here this week. Fine, um, but again, okay. I, I'm always trying to be neutral. I'm, I'm trying to look at it from both sides. When, when Carolier Lanes hosted the Johnny Petraglia Open, they used to get 5,200 spectators through the turnstiles throughout the week. Right. They also had memorabilia booths. They had two snack bars, two banging, blazing bars. They had celebrity pro-ams where they brought in high-quality celebrities to come bowl. Things to bring people into that building is what made that tournament so great. Danny Jackson's Incredible in Kansas – that place has history. It's great. It's, it's got his Cardinals memorabilia in that beautiful restaurant. There's Riviera Lanes. They had the Wall of Fame that, that showcased all the greatest bowlers that have ever walked through, the, the, through these doors past the greatest bowlers of all time. Now that entire wall is covered by arcade games. Right. The preservation of history, it's almost like they've dusted it under the rug. Like, well, bowling's a dying breed anyway, so we're just going to ride out the wave until there is no more water left to even create one. And that's what sucks. It's You're trying to get people into a venue knowing full well it can't be lucrative for you. But, but it could be that time. It could be in the long run. If you get people in there and get them excited about bowling, maybe they will come back and bowl the tournament. Remember the consistency. They're going to do it once, and then after a month, it's going to fall flat. If you do it every week, every week, every week, if every bowling alley followed the same model, maybe there's a chance that it starts to take off. And the fact that they're losing money kind of sucks, but I still, uh, you know, the duration of a tournament is what, five, four days, something like that? Well, a regional is typically only two. A, a PBA event okay. will run anywhere from five, uh, five to six. Right. All right, so they, I, I could see, I could see it being a benefit for a PBA tournament, but but a regional, I kind of get. Like you know, now you're losing the, the two days of, especially if it's a if it's a, a Saturday and a Sunday, which is when the idiots want to open bowl and get drunk or something like that. But right. exactly, that's and that's the, real quick, Steve. Thank you for the congratulations, man. It's. Uh, I've said I'll say it over and over again. It's a night that I will absolutely never forget. So thank you. And I know you were in that field, too. And honest to God, you were one of the guys I thought that was going to beat me. So that means a lot coming from you. Um, 
But if you're if you got a if you have that on just a, fr- a Saturday and a Sunday and you take that much of a beating, then your business model is already bad. Like that, that almost it almost feels like there's such Oats. a cause and effect that counteracted this thing. Go ahead, dude. Oh, families, families, and kids want to go bowling on the weekends. They want to go out and have pizza and put on house shoes and bowl with cosmic lights and bumpers. I'm telling you, nine out of ten people that walk into a building in Smyrna, Tennessee are not walking in saying, oh, the seniors are bowling. I can't wait to see who's bowling this week. They're the walking in saying, my what do you mean we can't bowl? There's ten lanes right there. That's what the people say. I'm sorry we're having a professional tournament. A professional tournament, there's 25, 26 lanes here, and those ten are, are open right now. You're kicking us out. They'll never come back. Ever. Ever. It's a double-edged sword. It's such yeah. a sin. It's so sad. Because there's no exclus- exclusivity in a bowling center like there is for ex- thank you like there is at Beth Page Black. Right, everybody right. and their mother wants to play Augusta, but unless you are powerful, and I'm not talking about just rich, you have to be rich and powerful in some respect to play Augusta golf course. Everybody wants to play Augusta. People don't even want to go to the National Bowling Stadium because it's a shit show right outside the National Bowling Stadium. Our our palace is located in one of like the dirtiest, grungiest places you could possibly. Uh, be. Technically, Augusta isn't that far off, really, because Augusta, <laughs> Georgia. True. It, 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 there's a quick trip on the corner, and then all of a sudden, you you get into the land of Oz when you go yeah. through the Azalea Lane. No, you're right. Exactly. But can right. we also just co- compliment Johnny on like first sounding like the guy from Look Who's Talking, and then sounding like. Uh, 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 freaking Spicoli from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High with it. Both bro, there's lanes right there. Like no. you just nailed every freaking de- demographic. You're like these guys can't bone the bastard stole my candy, and then you're like, bro, there's freaking <laughs> three lanes over here. What are you saying? I can't ball. Candy, the bastard stole my candy. I wish Susie was watching because she'd be dying laughing right now. <laughs> Some fan, huh? Well, I appreciate your fan. I appreciate your explanation, Johnny, and and that does kind of um, shed some light. And Rob, on to, to to make you happier, if everybody thought like you, bowling would be just fine. Yeah, that's true. But people don't. Yeah, that's the problem. These are so the things I think about when the power goes out. <laughs> right. <laughs> These are the thoughts that kept me out of the really good schools. Uh, <laughs> or when the television is broken, George Carlin, which I know what I'm talking about. All right, guys, um, I, I, I appreciate both of you being here each and every week, or at least when we're here. Um, friends have Twitter handles, or we didn't even do. Well, I mean, they've been like, scrolling no at the bottom for a while. But for those listening on the audio podcast who are not oh, here watching it live, we're on the show. We got freaking Colonel De Beers and uh, uh, I, I don't know what George Carlin was I, on here. I probably should ask their their socials. Maybe we can even, find out what 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 George Mustard's fucking Twitter handle is. I was Maybe. just gonna say we even got Robert <laughs> Moose Stairs. Robert Mustard. Mustard uh, <laughs> Johnny is at JPJR07. I am at Rad Rob Gaming and Ocho. What's yours? At the DR Ocho. Uh, Excellent, Ocho. Go Astros. Right now it's uh, top of the fifth. It's one to one. It's a defensive struggle, as we like to say. Oh, by the way, uh, who are the Jets playing this week, Johnny? I can find out right now. Oh, come on. You're a Jets fan. You don't know? Uh, it's way too early to root for them. I, I still can't believe we beat the Packers. <laughs> I'm still trying to 
to like understand that, you know? I am too. To uh, be, it looks to be like honest. they're playing the Broncos at 1.05 p.m. on October 23rd. And the Broncos are disgustingly horrible, so you guys should trounce them thoroughly. That means we'll lose <laughs> 21 to 6. Russell we're Wilson is two, so bad, dude. He is so bad. Field goals. There, there's nothing to worry about. Oh, Joe, who are the Steelers playing this weekend? <laughs> I think he may have fallen asleep. <laughs> He always squints. Is he frozen? Uh, there's, there's no way he could be sitting that still. Damn it. Ah, man, that was good. That was really I good. I really, really thought you were frozen. <laughs> Dude, that hurt. Uh, we got Miami on Sunday night. Oh, they suck now, too. So yeah. That's, oh, my that's God, I couldn't good. breathe. Oh, God, you well, know how hard it is not to flex for freaking 28 so. seconds? Holy shit. You really you got me on that one. You literally, like, and your eyes are squinty anyway, so I can't tell if they're open or closed. I had to hold so. the pose. I could strike a pose. Nothing to it. All right, guys. Uh, everybody here on Facebook, uh, Facebook Live, and our YouTube channel, Strata 5 with Johnny Petraglia Jr. Thank you guys for hanging out here. Thanks Points. for all your comments. Points. I like the new layout here in Restream. We can see all the comments on the side. I don't have to put them up one by one because I'm lazy as fuck anyway. And Johnny always yells yeah, at me for not putting them up. We would never know that. Stream, man. Yeah. Uh, but I like the new format, so uh, I guess we're going to stick with it. It was live. Everybody got in. Nobody had a problem. So uh, I'm digging it. And it looks good, too. Really looks good. So good stuff, man. Thanks to Restream uh, and fuck you, Streamyard. You need to up your game. Um, but anyway, I like would, it. And then we won't say fuck you when you up your game. <laughs> if you guys want to listen to uh, any of this that you missed, uh, you can check out the audio version. Drops every Friday morning at seven a.m. Central, eight Eastern. Anywhere podcasts are found, literally anywhere. Ocho, did you find any podcasts this week? No, I wasn't looking. Still, uh, no, didn't find one. No, I, I was. I wasn't looking. I'll, I'll start looking next week. Anywhere podcasts are found, you will find this show. Johnny Ocho, appreciate you guys as always. We'll be back next week for another edition of Straight Up Five with Johnny Petraglia Jr. Right here in the Rad Rod Radio you Network. See you guys. The following podcast for is brought to you exclusively to this by the Straight Up Rod Radio with Johnny Network. Johnny Petraglia Jr. You can follow the show on Twitter at StraightUp5Pod. Follow Johnny Jr. at JPJR07. Follow Rad Rob at Rad Rob Gaming. And follow Dr. Ocho at the DR Ocho. Got a question for Johnny? Send your questions to StraightUp5Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time for another edition of Straight Up 5 with Johnny Petraglia Jr. Right here on the Rad Rob Radio Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.